When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. score now to keep themselves in the Europa Cup. What a penalty that is. Shea Blaney dispatches the penalty as calm as you like. And it's Luke Wall who will come up and take the fifth and final penalty for Ballatown. He has to score to keep them in the competition. Calms himself down with a couple of flicks and tricks with the ball. Ed McGinty's having none of it. Still making, taking his time to make his way to the line. Luke Wall has to score. Make no mistake about it. This is a pressure penalty. Luke Wall, a long run up. Luke Wall, it's in! We've got it! Slinger over, it's gone. We'll travel this gun. And Ed McGinty, the hero, stands with his arms open. Unbelievable seats here in the showgrounds, Gavin. Oh, it's it's like unreal. Going to Motherwell. It's unreal. Unreal. How we've won this game and how we've got through, I do not know, Donald. I, I really, really don't. You know, McGinty has just he saved two penalties. He's been outstanding through the whole way. You know, and how Ballard didn't win. You know, when they hit the crossbar three times, I do not know. Welcome along to episode number 69 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. Ronan Flanagan here with you again this week, and uh, this week I am delighted to be joined by Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are you? Yeah, good, uh, Ronan. Uh, I think I'm the senior analyst now on the show these days. And the return of Shane Magoo McGoldrick. Shane, how are you? And that's about it, Ronan. That's about it. John, grumpy John Giles there in the corner. <laughs> and this week we are joined by Donald Kelly. Donald, how are you? Great, Ronan. Thanks very much. Thanks for uh, having me on. So this week we will look back on last week's games against Ballatown and UCD. We will hear your shouts from the shed end. As well as that, we will discuss the latest news surrounding Sligo Rovers, such as Ent McGinty's impending departure from the club, um, plans for social events prior to the Motherwell away leg on Thursday evening. We will also look back on the women's team who were defeated by Athlone town last Saturday and also we will hear from Sean Mahan who is a Motherwell supporter ahead of Thursday night's first leg. So Jerry, going back now to Thursday evening uh, defeated by Ballatown in over extra time but came out on top of penalties relief would be the big word used here I suppose Yeah, relief, relief and more relief Um yeah, they bullied us. They absolutely bullied us. They had a game plan. They stuck to us. They knew what they were doing. Um, I don't know what happened to us, but we never, never got going. Um, you know, 
it was simple enough tactics really from from Bala. Uh, just front to back, down the middle, uh, get it up to Venables, and he he made he he made uh, he made the two center. I'm trying to be polite here, but he made the two center halves and uh, night a nightmare. Um, he absolutely bullied him. Give the quintessential center forwards, traditional center forwards uh, performance. Um, he was excellent. And then you had the likes of Mendes feeding off him. And uh, yeah, it was just, um, I don't know, just we seemed to just get, we're like a rabbit caught in the headlights, to be honest with And Shane, the capacity crowd, I suppose, it's showground, bumper crowd, great atmosphere. But that ball of goal was, it was, Kind of deflated the crowd somewhat, but uh, would you say that the goal was coming before it arrived? Um, it's hard to know because it's, it's you know, when you're going about the bumper crowd, it's something that always seems to happen with us when we get a bumper crowd. We always seem to give a deflative prop uh, performance it's down through the years. It's just time and again, it always happens when you think there's going to be a big crowd, massive game, really up for the game. It just never takes off on the pitch, and that's not only Europe in. in like in, in the domestic games as well. But like I don't know if, uh, getting back to your question, I don't know if if the goal, if you could see the goal coming as such. Um, they had one or two kind of half chances, I suppose. But it wasn't really, like I don't think they were, as Jerry said, they did bully us, they had the game plan. They were going on, like straight from their kickoff, they launched the ball into the box. They took the kickoff and it just launched it and you knew what was coming for the rest of the night. But it wasn't like... You were looking at them going, geez, these are good or they're dangerous or like everything was was our own mistakes and our own uh, lack of urgency and and just not doing the, the basics right rather than them being anyway good or outstanding. Like even for their goal, you went to goal. I think Frank tried to shield the ball out, was it on the byline and lost it and to put the ball across the ball into the box and it was kind of half cleared. And it was straight out to your man. And he was standing on his own again after crossing the first time. And he just put it back into the box again. But if you if when you if you look back and I look back on on I think the highlight came up on Twitter or something, we had nine fellas in the box. Nine lads in the box. For and the ball was two balls crossed in twice. And your man was standing in the center of the goal on the six yard line and no American. Like it's basic stuff. It's not that they were anywhere good or anything like that. It was our own mistakes and just that display was really just lethargic and I don't know how to explain it. Jerry said rather than the headlights, I don't know, maybe a two one lead is probably a dangerous lead. You know, we didn't know we were talking last week or two weeks ago about coming out fast start like we have at home games when we get them at home and put the tie to bed and everything. But it was none of that at all. It was like we didn't know what to do, it was stick or twist kinda and how important is that fast start to one that like teams know that they're going to be in a game when they come to the showgrounds? Uh, look at it, just I suppose the start that Bala made in fairness, it was so like, like the lads were saying there, it was just it was so obvious, they were so direct. Um, we anytime we've ever started a game fast, you know, we have we've maybe scored a couple of early goals and kind of maybe that would have settled the crowd and you know, everyone maybe might have relaxed a little bit more, but. I suppose I did think I wasn't at the game. I was I was watching it. I was watching the I was watching the stream. I was on I was over in England this weekend, but uh, 
one thing that did stand out to me was there was an awful lot of heavy tackles going in and I thought the referee for especially in the European game I thought he did let, 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 let an awful lot go I would have thought anyway you know? and a lot of stuff even like, like in the League of Ireland here that our own referees there was, I mean there was, there was tackles there there were real borderline tackles you know that kind of way and, he, and like Ballas seemed to get away with an awful lot in the game I thought myself anyway that's no excuse like I think maybe we should have been a bit more cynical ourselves you know like 2-1 lead I don't know like, you need to match them if, they, if they're going to be physical we need to match them as well we need to be a bit more streetwise a bit more nasty I suppose at times and maybe we didn't have that player on on the pitch on on uh, Thursday night but uh, yeah it was it was disappointing but as the game progressed you know as they kept missing chances I just in my gut I kind of felt that we were going to we were going to get it through and uh, we were going to see it through and thanks be to God we did anyway yeah just, just on on that though, I think. Um, but don't know about the referee and that. Like, so um, it was unusual that we had Dutch officials, and um, normally they're kind of come from like the against countries that we would be playing against. Like, like last year was Gibraltar or Malta or places like that, or you know. Uh, and it was unusual to see referees from a, a kind of a higher standard league ref in the game. But one thing that I find from the original, how the fuck is that? Original division, the Dutch league, it is quite physical. It is a quite physical league, and they do tend to let things go. And I thought before the game that actually, you know, might uh, be a kind of a free flowing game. But in actual fact, it didn't. And uh, like you're right, there was an awful lot of heavy tackles let go, and things that in our own league that we would uh, normally be blown up for. But at the same time, too, like our lads should be right. Hold on a second here. Them lads are getting away with some of these tasty tackles. Fucking put some on them. Mm. You know, you have to give as good as you get. Don't really have anyone in there at the minute, though, Jerry, to do it, do we? Ah, they're not. Look, they're not snowflakes either, Magoo. No. They're not snowflakes, but I mean, there's nobody. To, like, you know, like last year we said with John Mann or. Bulger, if he was there, someone had set a marker down with a, with a heavy challenge. Or something. There's, there's no, with the two of them not in the team this year, there's probably not one you can think of. Maybe McDonald might yeah. lay in one. I still, yeah, I still don't accept that though, to be honest with you. Um, oh, I don't but, either. I think you should stand up and 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 give as good as they get. But I'm, I'm just saying, when you're looking at it, you, there's no one you can really pick out who's going to do it, is there? Isn't that part of the problem though, that we won't, um, yeah. you know, that we don't have that bit of streak, a bit of, uh, bit of I wouldn't say nastiness, but like, you have to do whatever it takes to win a game, and if you're not willing to roll up your seats and give as good as you get, well, then you're 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 in big big trouble. And I tell you one thing, Motherwell are going to do the exact. If anybody thinks that Mother, when we go over to Motherwell, that they're going to be playing tic tac toe, not a, not a chance. They're going to do the exact same tactics as what uh, Bala done. So, for me, I think we're in big trouble going over there because they're probably they've got Van Veen up front and watching Motherwell throughout the the SPL. They're pretty direct. They get the ball up to Van Veen and you've got the likes of Ross Tierney buzzing in and around him looking for second balls and things like that. So unless we're prepared to give as good as we get, uh, roll up our sleeves, well, then we might as well just come home. No, I agree, 100%. And I think uh, the same could be said for the UCD game. That's what I was like. If, if there's any team in the league that you can... Be physical and bully like UCD or all UCD. What do you say? Play football. That's the way. That's just in their makeup to 
bring them up playing football. They're only developing players, yeah. trying to get them to play the right way. Even the centre halves and everything, they don't want to be in physical battles. They're not teams that you should be trying to bully, and we didn't, and we couldn't. Even from set pieces and everything the other night, we couldn't. And that'll be the, that will be a big worry going into over the Motherwell because, like, we're going to have to grind out a result if we're getting anything over there. It's going to have to be hard work, and it's going to have to be a shift put in by every man. Yeah. And it's hard to know if we're, if, if we're capable of doing that at the minute. To keep this, like, you know, can you see us keeping the score down to nil? Like, like no. a nil nil would be an unbelievable result. Could you see us getting a nil nil? No. No. We've got Wexford in the cup uh, in two weeks, and you've got Danny Corkin up front. I'm sure he's rubbing his fucking hands coming up against our defenders at the moment. The problem is, right? If we are missing John Mann, absolutely 110%, right? But we've got lovely footballers and they want to tip, no, oh, I'll take the ball off the keeper and I'll knock it to the left back and I might take it back off him again. But who wants to defend? Nobody. Nobody. Like you said, McGill, there was nine players in the box against Bala and not one person like put their neck on the line or made an attempt to defend the ball. Just, against UCD. UCD's first goal, there was seven in the box. Yeah. And your man scored in the same place. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't want to defend, like this is all well and good. Oh, Jesus, oh, I'll take the ball and I look like a lovely player. And that's not what defending is about. Defending is about keeping the ball out of the fucking net. And at the moment, there's no, there's not enough desire to do that. We, no. We're pretty, we're pretty. But, I, but sir, look, Motherwell will fucking have us for dinner. Yeah. And it goes, it goes for both boxes, Jerry. We're not aggressive yeah. enough in either box. Yeah. Nobody, nobody at the other end either wants to get into the box and score a tap in or a fucking. It has to be oh, a beautiful yeah. goal. But sure, so the forward is, is playing in, in the center circle. Yeah. So, and the thing that I'm not, look, sorry, lads, I don't want to be hogging the mic, but I just need to get this off my chest, to be honest, because it's really fucking, <laughs> really annoyed, right? But, Come on, John Giles. Uh, Aiden Keena, after signing a new contract, why did he get a new contract and improve terms and all that? Because he scored goals. He's not going to score goals in the, the centre circle, right? So what you have there is, and you have it a lot of times with centre forwards, you actually start believing that they're a better player than what they are. And they want to, oh, I want to drop deep and link up the play and all this. That's not what got him a new contract. That's not got him to be a professional footballer. He's, his greatest attribute is that he scored goals. He's not going to score goals from 40 fucking yards. Get up the pitch, get into the box, scuff one in, whatever it takes. That's what got you to be a professional footballer in the first place. You need to get your fucking head out of the clouds in. Uh, you're not a centre midfielder, you're a centre forward. Get up Jerry, and get goals. Who, who do you blame for that, Jerry? Like, is, is that the manager's fault? Is, yeah. that, is, is that the midfield's fault as well? Is, is the fact that we don't have maybe a strong enough presence or there's something going wrong in midfield that he's feeling that he's dropped back to, to pick up the ball in those places? Like, but that, that shouldn't be his job. And I blame John Russell for that. I, I think I, I think he's like he's, he's obviously our best player and our most dangerous man and it's, it's probably trying to get on the ball get him on the ball as much as we can but in the wrong areas though in the wrong areas yeah he needs to be told like, he, like it's, it's grand if he wants to play number 10 or whatever but like don't be coming back into into the centre circle looking for to pick up the ball and stuff get, like we need you closer to the goal like that's now what I know from his own point of view it's probably frustrating at times if it's not coming up to him and he's not getting on us he wants to drop deep and get on it and everything like that but like Another thing, like Mada has to take responsibility in that too. He needs to start linking up with him. Like he needs to start holding it up better and bringing him into play. Yeah. yeah. 
hundred percent. He's a big enough. He's a big enough lad. Yeah. Not everything needs to go in behind. If you want, if you want to play the way that we are set up, then not everything should go in behind because if you've got one up front, someone needs to hold it up, link the play, then go. So yeah. Then you go the second second run. Yeah. And that it's not even happening. Like so. But then oh. it's very disjointed. Like, and I, I like it is the manager's. It's up to the manager. You know, no point fucking having loads of percentage, loads of high percentage of uh, of um, possession. We all know that, and we all look. We all look. At the end of the day, it's up to the boys. They're in a great. They've got themselves into a great position. To, you know, they're going over to Motherwell. Be a big crowd. The whole of. Britain and Ireland will know the score or the result. They might, you know what I mean? Like it's on Premier Sports next week. Let's come back with something in the bag. But let's go for it. Let's be brave. Not go there with like, oh, kind of, oh, we don't know what to do, or let's just ease our way into the game. Mother will haven't played a fucking game. Get in their faces and do what like what we done against Derry a few weeks ago. None of this kind of starting slow and try to be over the clever team and oh the European fuck that. Get in their faces, get up the pitch. Try and nick a goal or two. Put the two boys up front. Give them something different to think about. Instead of worrying about them, do you know what I mean? Let's concentrate on their own. But I guarantee we'll go there, right? Oh, 20 minutes. Let's not concede for 20 minutes. We'll tip top and we'll da, 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 da. bullshit. We'll get beat if we do that. 100%. It's like what we said there a few minutes ago. There's no way. If we go over the same approach in Motherwell as what we have for the last two or three games, we're 100% conceding because we're inviting them onto us. Van Veen will have us for toast he's look at it's for me the game is a free hit the the, the first leg definitely is a free hit but yeah. like I've seen Corey it, it was a weird game against Finn Herbst if, if if he is starting on on Thursday night set the tone like someone as you said hit a crunch and tackle fucking clean take one of them out of it and that's it get everybody up get everybody the blood up and 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 push on and as you say, be aggressive, be in their faces and and go for it. It's a free hit. We have nothing to lose. There's no expectation on us whatsoever. Do you know what I mean? Just go out there and fucking give it socks. That's it, really. That's all I say. Yeah, yeah. And get the crowd going as well, don't it? Like, yeah, you know, like you've we're gonna have. There's actually more people traveling over than what I thought. I thought it might be about three hundred, but I think between I suppose the exiles and ourselves, we'd probably have five hundred. But give them 500 fans something to fucking shout about. Mm. And, you know, they need a spark. And then you, you, who, who knows where it'll take us. Yeah. Going back to the Bally game, lads, the, eventually the game went to a penalty shootout. And as we know ourselves, no, anything can happen in a penalty shootout. And lucky enough for Stiger Rovers at Magoo, Ed McGinty, two penalty saves. He did his job. Yeah, he's on lucky. Ed's brilliant on the penalties. Like, I knew, I knew once we had the penalty, me and Jerry watched. And I, I was saying before that, I, I said, we're going to win it anyway, because there's no way we could be this lucky. What I was going on during the game, the chance they were missing and lose it. But, like, you know, when it went to penalties, that Ed was going to save at least one. Like, he's unreal on the penalties. So, we were definitely in with it. If, as long as we had five good penalty takers, just tucked them away, Ed was definitely going to save at least one. And he's like, he saved two. and he got close to another two. In fairness to him, like he's he was unreal the other night. Like he's he's Jerry Jerry hates the same, but like he, he definitely owes us nothing. Like he's fun with the like after what he's made us tonight nearly on his own. He's the only player I'd ever give that accolade to. Yeah. Yeah, no, he did, he did. But fair juice to the um the video analysis, Magoo, where 
the lad yeah. from Manor, Manor Hamilton. Chris Jenkins, yeah. Yeah. Like he was down, he was spent the whole of uh, the 30 minutes down in the dress rooms analyzing the penalties to give edge right this way or that way. And do you know, that's that's amazing. Yeah. And that's, that's what it takes, Lord. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it takes. Yeah. yeah, it's the fine details that win your games, yeah. like the fine margins. And you know, I think we spoke about it before, but stuff that wasn't happening two or three months ago, like that, that wouldn't have happened. Like, do you know what I mean? Now, yeah. Ed, Ed being good in the penalties, he would have had a chance anyway, but the fact he got he saved two and got close to another two was because of your man's work. He was telling them where to go, where they were going to go, and, and Ed was trusting them. And it worked twice and nearly worked another two times. Like, so that, that, them five margins make huge differences. Like, and our own penalties, Donald, they were, they were brilliant penalties. Fantastic run. And like any man that has the, the, the courage to stand up there and, and take a penalty, I'd take my hat off to him. But every one of those penalties were quality penalties. And uh, there were credit to the fellas that took them. And like like the lad said, I just had a feeling just through the game, like we weren't going to be beat. But in fairness to Ted, like Jeezy was fantastic as well. Like I used to say, I was watching the game over in England and there was, there was a gang of people kind of started watching the game with us and uh, couldn't believe that they, they couldn't believe how good he was on the, in the penalty shoot. It was uh, credit to him, I'd say. Yeah. I'm moving on now, lads, to last Sunday's game against UCD. Uh, Jerry, 2 0 <laughs> <nil> defeat. <laughs> what more can you say, I suppose? Ah, uh, look. Ah, look, do you know, look, it was better than that. That's one thing I would say. Um, we were very unlucky to be behind at half time. Um, again, we had lots of possession, lots of possession in the wrong areas. Uh, Keane was unlucky with a shot off the crossbar. Um, like, I couldn't believe we actually, look, we didn't, I couldn't believe that we went in 1 0 down at half time. But at the same time, too, we weren't really hurting them enough for the amount of possession that we had. Um, and you would just like to think, Ronan, that, okay, those two games are a learning curve for us. I hope we learn fast because um, if you're not learning from, you look, at the end of the day, you have to take a positive out of a negative. You always have to do that, in my opinion. And that's one thing I would always try to do myself. Uh, so there's lots of lessons that can be learned from those two defeats. Um, and... There's no point having video analysis. There's no point having good coaches and blah, 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 blah. If it doesn't transfer, if you don't learn from it. So going over to Motherwell, you've got two awful defeats, really. And we're blessed to get through and all that. But you need to learn from it. And you need to, right, put the, the wrongs to right. There's more. We nearly, like, with 20 minutes to go or that, we were... To, even before they scored their second goal we were nearly accepting the defeat we were kind of starting to run out of ideas and starting to we're like that's the kind of thing what I was talking about earlier with, with UCD like they're one team you can bully like set pieces like like stick Keane out front he's a big lad Put, stick him up in the centre half and let him bully him around the place and start creating some havoc in there so they had it too easy do you know and that's the kind of thing we're going to need to there's, you need to learn it. there's more weight the more than one way to skin a cat like if it's not working for you one way and he's not working where Keane is number 10 and it's not working with man stick Keane up front hit the ball up to him let him get in their faces and start creating a bit around the box and see if something can drop for us and that kind of stuff instead of we were just started running out of ideas and then we just more like accepted our fate it's not going to be our nice and we hold the hands up and, and that's it and you know 
maybe now there was a European hangover and all that kind of stuff and looking forward to next week and whatever like that and I suppose that can't come into some lads' heads but that'll only come into their heads with 20 minutes to go if things aren't working out like if we were two or three and up that wouldn't be coming into their heads so like you have to start kind of changing it on the go and start just looking at their options quicker and sooner and like as Jerry said you go over to Motherwell it's going to have to be a lot of that kind of stuff as a thinking on your feet over there and, and, and lads of themselves working out in the pitch it doesn't have to be just coming from the sideline and I just thought we were just you know to lose like to lose to two to lose two part time teams in the space of four days is not good like and it's uh, things have been seamless really since John came in I suppose apart from UCD away but you, you know people probably say oh that was before they went away on holidays so you could probably explain that one off but more or less it's been seamless we've had good results everything's been nice and cushy there's been a nice feel good factor around the place and now these last couple of days have kind of people are starting to moan and whinge and cry and, and so it's a big week coming up I think for the players and the management and everybody and five changes were made for that game Donald like should there have been more with the tired legs from the extra time against Ballard do you think well, you'd, you would have liked to maybe seen um, uh, the two young lads uh, start the game, I suppose, um, Killian Heaney and, um, what's it called? Um, Barlow. Uh, yeah, Killian Barlow, yeah. Um, you know, like, like again, like what McGoo was saying, sometimes like you just it's no harm in our time if things doesn't work around midfield, just go a bit more direct and f- feed off scraps in the box. Try something different. There's more as you know what I mean. It's 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 just mix things up a little bit. Sometimes we, I do feel that we are everything is in front of the opposition. If they sit in, it's it, we're too easy to play against because it's very hard for us to break them down. So sometimes you do need to go a bit more direct and and, and just you know what I mean. Try try a different approach. You no, know? yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And it's just in terms of the the, the defensive side of things. Well, like like what you were saying there, Jerry. Fuck, put your body in the line and. You know, just get the block in. That's it. That's what it's all about. It's not about being beautiful or anything like that. It's just about getting your bodies in line, stopping them scoring. That you know what I mean. If things aren't going your way, and in fairness, I think we were going down uh, in the second half. There was one ball. It was uh, Fitzgerald. I think was through. It was a ball came over the top, and he was he was he was in on goal. It was nearly their last man. He was pulled down. Never got a free kick for it as well. Again, little things like that are going against us. Small little decisions there. I would have had the last couple of games. We might not just be getting the rub of the green, but uh, at the same time, you can't just fall back and that as an excuse all the time either. Like you need to, you like, like sometimes it's, it, it just it can't all always be beautiful football. It's just about yeah. getting the win, getting the result, regardless whatever it takes to get it, get it. But just do it. Make sure and 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 don't don't leave the pitch without it, without something anyway. You know. Just just you Robert, there, Donald, about um, you know, we were talking about switching things up, but you're on about midfield and everything's in front of the opposition. First thing Barlow done when he came on, he came on and said to Mayfield, and he saw, and we, I don't know, was a kick out or whatever that, and he seen Ian Clancy with the ball, and he just made a run from midfield, and, and Clancy put him in, and straight in behind opposition, and he had like a cross shot across the goals. That was his very first touch of the ball, but that was him just taking the chance, and yeah. not enough of them do it, like, and it's not like they can't do it. You know, Cauley plays number 10, he'll do them runs in behind, but Donald plays number 10, he's always gone into the box. But when they're in the field, they just want to keep it safe and keep it. Nobody's willing to take the responsibility. And the le- and leadership isn't all about fucking going around shouting at everybody or crunching the tackles. You need to start taking leadership in situations like that. I'm going to I'm going to be the one who makes that. Like Barrow, 
could have thought to myself, no, I could, if I make that run, like I didn't hear him miss an opener, the crowd could be on my back or anything like that. But he didn't. He took a chance and I'm going to get in and make a name for myself here. And, and that's taking responsibility. And that's what you want. You know, like, and when Barlow came on against Ballard, who I have to say, I thought he was un- unreal when he came on. He showed more composure on the ball than any of the rest our lads did all night. He got it, given it. It didn't have to be launched forward the whole time or the Hollywood pass the whole time. He switched to play when he had to right back, left back, right back, and went and got it again and switched out the other side. I thought he was excellent when he came on against there. And the other night, again, taking responsibility like that. And that's showing a bit of leadership from you. And now, look, I'm not saying he's the answer to the problems and throwing him into my field like he's only a kid. But I'm just saying, like, the more people, they're well able to do it. Take the responsibility on your shoulders and do it. Don't be afraid to fucking do it. Just be brave, isn't it? Be brave, yeah. Be brave. And, like, being brave is all about launching into tackles. Yeah. Taking balls in the right areas and making runs into the box and... and and be willing to miss the the, the ball drops into the box. Be there, and if you miss, you miss. Like, but sure, go back for the next one again. And Jerry, how great is it to see another player come through the academy and in Clancy making his debut there on Sunday against UCD? Yeah, he was. Um, but just to just to stay on the the point there, Magoo, what he was saying there is just about being brave and being a leader and stuff like that. Like, you know, look, what can you say? Hundred percent agree with that. Um, you know, as a footballer, do you want to let games just pass you by and say, Oh, you know, I done my bit and I didn't make a mistake, or but fuck it, like football is football, go and make mistakes and go and um hurt the opposition in any way, shape, or form, whether it be through a killer pass or a killer tackle, make a fucking contribution. Don't let the game pass you by. That's what I said. That's what I just said. Come come on the back of the, what the two boys were saying there. But then Clancy, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. I didn't know. Like, I seen him playing, and in fairness to Donald, he's been chatting about this lad for, for quite a while. Um, and I didn't realize, I've seen him playing in some games, not a lot, like, but I didn't realize he was that good. Wow, he is, he is a, he's a player. He's a really good player. Um, and, you know, he didn't look out of place. He was really, really good. Um, and just keep them coming, like, you know. Donald, do you want to come in there? Yeah, well, I, look, at I, I've seen him play a couple of times for the under-19s uh, last season, really. And any time I've ever seen him play, he always called me. I, I just, I, I just, it just looks like a footballer to me. He looks like a fella that, it, it, it just looks like I don't know. It's, it's just something about him. There's a, he seems to have a, a presence, I think, anyway. And any time I've ever seen him play, I've always been very, very impressed with him. Uh, from the bit I saw of the game on on Sunday, again, I thought it was a fantastic debut performance from him and delighted for him. And he's definitely one to watch for the future. Again, a local man too. So, look at this. It's great to see him coming through. It's fantastic. There's a bit of a common thread, though, over the last two games. And although they've been disappointing, um, but the common thread is that the young local lads, when they're getting a chance, to, they're excelling. And they're passing out these fellas that are, you know, been around the block or they've been this, there and everywhere. These lads are coming from youth football and they're fucking, they're outstanding. But they're being brave as well, like, like in a Clancy there, if you never watched the game, a Cyber Wars game before, you wouldn't think this fella's only after coming out under 19s making his debut. He was fucking excellent, but he's been brave as well and he's been positive and you know, stuff like that. So, look, yeah, fair play to the likes of you know, Grady and, and John Russell as well. Taking the like, like John Russell's been brave as well, putting him in, but everybody needs to be brave together at the end of the day. Yeah. Another thing. 
Sorry, Joe, yeah. Right, no, just another thing on that. And, and like Russell, obviously, the lads coming on, like you saw Aina when he came on, he was hit one of his first passes was like a 60 yard ball over the back, yeah. of the, the back and stuff like that. Same with the ball for Barlow, like Barlow when he came on against Barlow, too. Not afraid, like they obviously have the confidence. Russell has given them that confidence and stuff to go and express themselves and play their natural game, which is great, I think, for from. It's great for them, obviously, but it's really brave from John as well to, 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 because he'll get the flag for it, like bringing on, like if something happened, you know what I mean? If he ain't a come on, you made a fuck up, like what are you bringing on the young fella for? Why do you stick banks in centre half for? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, McCourt or whatever. So fair play to him. And again, like if he, if he puts in, if he keeps, if he gets another chance in Clancy, I'm, I'm sure he, which I'm sure he will, and he puts in another performance like that, his confidence is only going to grow, and he's going to start pushing those lads likes of. Uh, uh, the, the the likes of Shane Blaney and, and uh, Nando and the boys, uh, they, their their place is going to be under pressure. Like if if he can continue to perform at that level like, again in in his next uh, in his next game, like because uh, actually he's, he's full of talent and uh, I think he's a big future ahead of him anyway. Personally, so moving on, lads. Uh, from the Bala game and the UCD game, we got shouts. From the shed end, don't forget you can get your shouts in from shouts from the shed end on a WhatsApp voice note, which is the number is 085859767. And we can hear those now. Hey lads, it's uh Jerry Keeney, uh, reporting live to you from Richie Ryan's parish down in Temple Tui. It's a shout from the shed end for the um Bala home game last night. Uh, geez, where do you start? I'd say in the podcast you'll cover everything, but I suppose I'll go a different tact. Um, we'll go first out. I thought Shane Blaney had a, gr- a very good game and was very impressive, and given that the panel yourselves are massively complimentary of him, I thought he was very good in defence, especially for such a young kid who's really gotten his opportunity at um, more starts this year. I thought he was very impressive given the pressure that was on last night and things maybe not going his way. And looking forward to a big future from him. And then the other player is Ed McGinty. Superlatives won't even begin to describe what he did last night and what he's done for the last few seasons with us. And I suppose we have to enjoy him while he's here because we all sort of know what's coming down the line. But my goodness, he is a leader at such a young age. To be a leader to do those type of things, what he did in terms of saving and pressure moments, is stunning to watch. I suppose in terms of the game, I won't go into details. I, like I said, you'll cover that. But there's one thing that I, I said in the podcast, and Jerry O'Connor called this, read it out in last year's one from me. We don't perform at home. And I don't get it. And Sean Dunn in last week's podcast came out with a great line as well. We haven't gotten the crowd bounce that other clubs in the league have. And it, the thing is, is because we don't, we're not entertaining at home. It's like what you said last week. It's an entertainment business. It's an experience. And there's something about the last, the second year since Barraclough came in, I would notice that our home performances are always quite poor. Or the, the team have performance anxiety playing in the showgrounds. And I don't know what it is. And it, it can lead to maybe fans not turning out. So there's one thing is, there's a woman up in Sligo and her name goes by Caroline Curd. You might have heard of her. She's the premier, most successful sports psychologist on this island. This Sunday, she's going with the Limerick Hurlers to win three in a row, four titles in five years. 
she was part of the Tipperary team under Liam Sheedy uh, to win the title I think in 2011, the Tyrone Footballers in 2008, the Dublin Footballers at the start of their drive for six. Um, Paul O'Connell, she was at the Munster Rugby team uh, and multiple athletics. This woman is incredibly successful and she's from Grange. She's in our back door and how Sligo haven't made an attempt to get her on board, how managers haven't made their attempt to get on board, I'll never know. But I think that's one of the things where this Rovers team needs, and it's maybe not the team, it's probably the whole club, maybe the management, need to get this mindset of being able to perform at home properly. Because last night was scary stuff. But anyway, podcast was great, and we have a huge tie, huge financial boost after last night, and uh, we have a, a real free hit. A chance to prove the doubt, doubt is wrong again next time against Motherwell. I hope the players and the staff are full of piss and vinegar. Because sometimes being bitter makes you better. Up the Rovers. Well lads, Aaron from Roscommon here. Just giving my reaction to the Bala game. Um, as Sir Alex Ferguson said once, football bloody hell. Eh? I mean, McGinty... I mean, he won that game single-handedly last night. Um, not just for his heroics in the penalty shootout, but his saves during the game. I mean, especially that one-on-one. Like, I mean, the crowd just roared like as if we had scored a goal when he had saved that. Um, yeah, look, the performance overall from the team was poor, I thought. Um, we just couldn't deal with their long balls. And, I mean, no disrespect to Bala. But they're probably the worst team I've ever seen come to the showgrounds. Um, just for their tactics, I mean, even Harps would play more football than what Bala did last night. I mean, it just was long ball after long ball. And their manager just shouting throughout the whole game, second ball, second ball. Like I mean, now look, it worked for them. And to their credit, they got their goal that they came for. And they brought it all the way to penalties. But... It's kind of the one team that we always struggle against, is that type of team that when we have to break them down. I thought Russell did get the team selection wrong, because I wouldn't have put Frank in out in the wing. I don't think that's his position. And I think Fitzgerald was harshly dropped, and you could see that in the second half. He was our only spark when he did come on, and was the one creating stuff. So I think he should have started from the start. Then... Just a quick question, lads. Do you think we should sign maybe one or two more players, maybe another centre mid and another forward, either a winger or a striker? Because even though, look, it was great to see the two young lads come on, it did, though, kind of highlight how in, like, how kind of weak the bench is when returning to two 19-year-olds. And don't get me wrong, it was great to see them, but in a, such a high-pressure, intense moment when we're 1-0 down, trying to get a winner, I just don't think... You could see some of their inexperience counted. I know Heaney gave a few free kicks away, and that kind of put pressure on us, especially because that's what Bala were looking for in the extra time and stuff. So I just think, should we be looking at maybe one or two more? Should the club... Um, kind of get the checkbook out just to get those extra one or two bodies in not just obviously look the European run isn't really the thing it's more about trying to get back into Europe for next year and maybe a bit of a run in the cup so what do you think
Well lads, Aaron from Roscommon here, just giving my reaction to the UCD game. Um, geez, another poor result. Um, I know the players looked a bit tired and leggy, especially in the second half. Probably just because of the whole extra time and penalties um, against Bala, but I don't know, very poor. Um, I don't know, I just think Keane has been wasted lads at number 10. It's not working out at the moment. He's far too deep um, coming for the ball. And when we're getting it into the box, he's not there then. Um, like He's the fella you want in the box to be putting it away. Uh, another strange thing, and I just don't know why, did Russell even sign Frank if he's just going to throw him out into the wing? Like That's twice now in two games he's played him out in the wing. And he's just been wasted because he's not a winger. Like We signed him as a cam, you know, an attacking midfielder, and he's not playing there he's been thrown out to the wing and I just don't think it's working out at the moment um, another thing as well we just need to stop conceding such sloppy goals at the back like we just keep passing around the back for the sake of it and it's getting us into trouble a lot of the time and we just need to stop giving away soft goals um, interesting enough uh, the UCD goal uh, first goal was the exact same, basically it was only a carbon copy of the goal we gave away against Bala getting in on our left hand side and like I don't know, um, maybe as good as Kirk has been, especially going forward he's brilliant but like that's twice kind of two goals similar where he's been beaten and then obviously the cover and centre back isn't helping him out either but Maybe it's no harm to give McCourt a chance and a bit of more solid, especially against Motherwell on Thursday. But heading out to the game, so hopefully a bit more improved performance now on Thursday. That's your shout from the shed end. Don't forget, after the Motherwell game, on Thursday, you can get them in via a WhatsApp voice note on 085-815-9767. Now, Jerry, beer scorecast time. We mm-hmm. had no beer to give away for the Valley <laughs> game and the UCD game. <laughs> but uh, we'll have beer to give away, hopefully, after the mother of our game on Thursday. Yeah, so, jeez, uh, we had a, a great response to the beer scorecast. There was, uh, I think it was like 150 entries. Uh, and not surprisingly, uh, nobody got it right. Um, I don't know if that uh, shows blind faith, blind faith in Rovers or um, most of us shouldn't go to the bookies and just keep our, our money in our pocket. But yeah, nothing. So hopefully, look, uh, we'll have plenty of air to give out after Motherwell. And uh, just shouts from the end, shed in. If anybody wants to send in a, a shout from uh, Grace's Bar, or the bus back to Glasgow, we'd be more than welcome to, to, to put it on the show. So be plenty of heads down the back of the bus now that should be putting uh, shouts ahead. Uh, on, for the next on, go. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm running thank God. <laughs> <laughs> done Right, we are now delighted to be joined by Sean Mahan, who is a Motherwell supporter ahead of Thursday's first leg. Sean, thanks very much for joining us this evening. Thanks, lads. Thanks very much for having me on. So, Sean, how did you first find love for Motherwell? 
Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a random one. I've been over here in the UK now for about 14 years altogether. Moved over for work and kind of haven't looked back since. Um, and I found myself moving out to Motherwell about four years ago um, this autumn. And I knew nothing about the area other than the football club. And the only reason I knew about the football club was what was FIFA with Jason McAteer on the cover. It was a FIFA 96 back in the day on the Snails playing that. And I remember looking at Motherwell and they have, they have quite distinctive team colours. Um, so that was all I knew about the area. So when I came out here, I didn't know anybody, didn't know anything. So I said I'd go along to one of the games and just see, um, you know, what the crack was. And it, it was actually the very first game I went to was, was Motherwell against Sligo Rovers. Um, I think it was our kind of under-23 team against Sligo Rovers back when it was the Iron Brew Cup. I think it's, it's changed its name now, but I think that was, yeah, it must have been about three, four years ago. And since then, I've just kind of kept coming back and really enjoyed it. I think the big thing about being Irish especially in the west of Scotland, is the minute you open your mouth, people are going to assume you're a Celtic fan. Yeah. Um, and I never really kind of went in for, for either side of that kind of stuff with the with the old firm. So I think for me, like a team like Motherwell kind of gives you a bit of an alternative there. And it's because it's a small town, it's kind of probably the same size as Sligo. You do get a real sense of what the club means to the community. And I think a large part of that for me was was just kind of feeling like, you know, meeting new people and fitting in and, and, and kind of settling in the area. I think the, the club played a huge part in that. So I've just been going along since. Um, I have my season ticket. I live five minutes from from Fir Park. So it's 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 absolutely uh, ideal for, for getting along. So, yeah, it's all good. Just uh, so was Sean, Motherwell last season, uh, qualifying for the Europa Conference League, was that, a, was that what the club aimed for at the start before last season or...? Yeah, I mean, we're we're fairly realistic. I think with Motherwell, it's always no more than yourselves. Like the, the main number one goal is just not to get relegated. Do you know anything other than that is a bit of a bonus. And you'll know yourselves, like your Celtic and your Rangers kind of dominate over here. And then it's kind of expected. Then your second tier kind of below that would be your your Hearts, your Hibs, your Aberdeen. But um, Aberdeen and Hibs had absolutely shocking seasons last year. So even though we didn't register a win in 2022 in the league until, Jesus, was it April, I think? It was absolutely brutal. We still managed to scrape Europe somehow. So I think it was more surprising than anything. But, you know, like, you know yourselves, like getting into the, the European stuff, it, it, the money you can, you can get from it makes such a huge difference to the club. So we're, we're delighted for it. But definitely, if you'd asked me um, about six months ago, I wouldn't have expected to be getting it, no. And where can Motherwell hurt Steiger Rovers? Who should we look out for? Who should be losing sleep over? As I was as I was saying to you before I came on, like I'm I'm kind of conflicted here. Like Sligo are my my League Ireland team, um, and I, I always keep an eye on you. Do you know what I mean? But obviously Motherwell are my, my kind of my main team. So we're we're kind of the same as yourselves. Like when we're on, we're we're decent. When we're not, we're absolutely brutal. And, and watching the second leg there against Ballatown the other night, I was like, I said to my fiance, I said, this is just like watching Motherwell. Like you have your head in your hands for most of it going. This on paper, this crowd are a part-time team and they should be doing nothing to you and yet you're making an absolute like absolute mess of it like so yeah I was just watching going, this this is and I wouldn't be surprised if us being in, in kind of the preseason that we're in are absolutely awful on Thursday as well so I'm, I'm, I'm not coming in here being all Billy Big Ball saying oh Motherwell are going to you know absolutely dominate I have no idea what's going to happen I mean, you're obviously on a, a bit of a, a shite run yourselves at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I would never, I would never, never bank on Motherwell in pre-season because nothing settled yet. We've new boys coming in, the boys have left, so you've no idea what's going to turn out on Thursday. But it'll, it'll make it a bit of fun if nothing else. As do you want to come in there? Any questions for Sean? Yeah, just um, I think there's so many. Sean, you've touched on a lot of things there, and there's so many similarities between the two clubs. Yeah. You know, um. 
just with Rovers, uh, you never know what you're going to get. Um, and I think what we are to Bala, you are to us, if you know what I mean. Like, we should be expecting to beat Bala comfortably, yep. and you should be expecting to beat us comfortably. Yep. But when, whether it's Motherwell or Sligo Rovers, things half the time don't usually turn out like that. So, God knows what's going to happen. Um, and just even between the towns, there's a lot of similarities as well, in that I suppose we're both fan owned clubs and we probably punch well above our weight for. Yeah. For, for where we are so we, we've a lot more in common than 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 uh than not but uh, oh no absolutely yeah probably another another one i call it as well especially after last thursday with ed mcginty kind of basically keeping you in it yeah our, our number one goalkeeper liam, liam kelly kind of has done that to us kind of throughout the season the amount of times where we've just been god awful and then he pulls off a couple of worldies in a game and it completely saves our arse like that has happened so many times like so we're 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 probably more similar than we think. Like as, yeah. as, even though on paper, like you said, it, it probably makes it look like Motherwell should be the equivalent to what Bala were 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 to um yeah. or sorry the he should be close or whatever. Um yeah, it, it, I I think it's all to play for them. And Van Veen is the is the main man over there. Um, like we we would all watch obviously you know yourself like we watch Sky Sports uh, yeah. and you know it's. Uh, so we'd see all the SPL games and things like that. But right. uh, Van Veen is, is is a weapon, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's the best of what we have with regards to a striker. I mean, you know yourself, a club or size, you're not really going to get that kind of like 15, 20 goal a season striker. Like I, I think he did maybe, geez, did he score 12 last season or something? I couldn't I couldn't tell you. He's, he's On his day, he's good, but he's kind of lazy and he's a bit of a temper. So he, he wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's the complete package, but definitely he'd be the one I say it's probably our most kind of potent threat up front um, at the moment. But then you've got other players that have come into the team, like Ross Tierney coming over to us from Bowes has been has been amazing. And I know I'm incredibly biased looking out for the Irish boys coming over, but I think since he's actually been given a run and given a chance, he's been uh, he's been amazing. He's made a real difference to the team. So hopefully he gets a start on on Thursday as well. Um, and you can see him in action. You know, you, you'll know yourselves from his time at Bowes. Like yeah. he's a he's a decent goal. And Graham Alexander's the manager of Motherwell. He's pretty, uh, would you say, he's a divisive character in Motherwell as well. Yeah, it's just that they were really on his back there, especially the second half of the season. Like the fans wanted him gone and he was kind of very set in his ways of what he was doing. But you know yourself, like as, as, as long as you're getting results, the fans kind of, you know, stay off your back. But he's definitely a bit of a character. I think I think he managed to find himself on the stands on more than one occasion. He's not kind of Ollie Horgan levels, but he's not... He's not far off. Like he's definitely, you can, you'll hear him uh, from the stands for sure on Thursday. So, I think most people know him as well from uh, his time at Salford City. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, Gary Neville came out and said that was like one of the only mistakes he ever made with yeah. Salford. Was, was let him go. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I know he's like I think it's one of those. It's like we 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 probably did better than we thought we would finish where we finished last season. But I, I honest to God, there was. From January until April, we didn't register one um, league win. And I remember, even though I only lived five minutes from the stadium, there was a midweek game, I think it was against Hibs. And was it February time? And I was sitting out, and it was about nine o'clock at night. It was freezing cold. There'd been zero shots on target for both teams. And you're just thinking, what am I doing with my life? Like, mm -hmm. how, how, is this, how is this the way she's spending your free time? Like, So it definitely, definitely was pretty grim there. But we finished stronger enough then. I, once we got a couple of wins under our belt towards the end of the season, it was really down, I think, to, between us and Ross County, who was going to get that last place for Europe. Um, and, and we just kind of picked them to it. So, yeah, it's all good. Have you, 
uh, friendlies. Yeah, well, so we had a friendly last Saturday against uh, Partick Thistle, and that was just a one nil. But there's not really been much. Like it's it's weird here because like the season is going to kick off again. Uh, the weekend after next. So the season has actually come back earlier than it normally would. And I think that's to accommodate for the World Cup in, in the winter. Yeah. So we're kind of just kind of almost going straight into it. So I, I know they were out they were out training out in Austria and I think they had a couple of friendlies, but there was nothing kind of like like that arranged or anything like that. And the only one that I've seen since they've come back has just been last weekend and they won that one nil. But again, you're talking about Partick Thistle or a team down in the championship, you know, the league below us. So you'd be expected to be doing stuff there. But um, yeah, you've got like the Scottish League Cup and all that will be kicking off. And then we should have a couple of games, but nothing nothing that will be too telling ahead of obviously playing yourselves. Right. So these, like they're nearly effectively uh, friendlies for you as well, if you know what I mean. Uh, warm-up games for the for the season ahead rather than... Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like I, I just think like at this stage, like you'll still have boys that will be leaving in the next couple of weeks. You may have a couple more coming in. Like we're definitely not the, the finished article. I think that's the advantage maybe the, the League of Ireland teams have at this yeah. stage is you're kind of, you know, you're, you're a good way through your own season. You kind of know who your team are. I, I guess you may have a couple of players leaving and, and, and going abroad. Am I right in saying is Ed McGinty, is he, is he all but gone now or is that still chatter? Yeah, it's gone yeah in order officially but he's gone right okay but I suppose you don't begrudge I mean you don't begrudge the, the boys going on to other moves and there's one thing I've definitely noticed in the, even the last season alone like I remember saying to boys maybe a year or two ago about the League of Ireland and stuff like that over here and they'd, they'd have no idea and they'd be thinking you'd be talking about like the Northern Irish League like Linfield yeah. and all of them they'd have no idea whatsoever whereas now you have so many players coming over to play in Scotland, coming from the League of Ireland, and just a lot more notice and attention as well. Like, I mean, he didn't. John Mann came over to um, St. Johnston yeah. last season. Yeah, and like all of them, like you can see now, there's definitely a lot more attention being paid, played uh, paid to the League of Ireland. So uh, it's it's I suppose good for 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 all the players involved. That's grand. Any other questions, lads? Um. No, just like I hope we we do ourselves, I suppose, justice over there. Um, it's a big crowd traveling over, so um, yeah, yeah, we're looking to have have a, have a good time, get the results, and keep the tie alive. Uh, coming back to the showgrounds, and we'll uh, we'll be delighted to see the the traveling Motherwell fans coming over as well. They'll get a really really big warm welcome over here. So yeah, look, it's yeah, no, this we're, football's we're, all about. We're absolutely looking forward. To it. Absolutely, and I know there's, there's only. I think officially there's only 300 of us coming across, but I think even people will go over for the trip. You know what I mean? Even if yeah. it's just sitting in the pub and watch the game, I think you know the the, the tie after this, you're potentially getting Bartak. Is it? Is this Bartak? I can't remember, but yeah. like that. Flavia Prague, is it? Yeah. Bartek. Who will absolutely do us? So even though it might be a nice away day, like that's probably where the road links. The other ones were like. North Macedonia and Kazakhstan. So Sligo is definitely a much easier place for us to get to. So, um, yeah, definitely be a good few over next week. And if you were to make a prediction for the game on Thursday, Sean? Um, I'd go with a KG 1-1 or potentially a 2-1 to us. But I don't know. I might, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Right, lads, we'll... Uh... To have a quick run through the latest news. So, Jerry, looks like Ed McGinty is just about to leave the club. Yeah. Um, look, like everybody got it to see him go. 
I'm sure in, in in his own way as well, he's got it to leave, but it's uh, it's the right thing for for everyone, and obviously in particular to uh, aid. But yeah, what a what a player! And do you know, like he's made so many uh, sacrifices uh, in his personal life to to get where he is. Um, and I think if any player deserves a break, it's age. Uh, we talk about leadership. Passion, desire. There, if you if you open the dictionary, you'll see Ed McGinty's name beside all those uh, uh, all those words. Um, an absolute gentleman. So, you know, and a great ambassador for for our club going forward. So, best of luck to him. Um, and I really, really mean that from from the bottom of my heart. And I think every fan is just so happy for him. Um, look. Obviously, you'd love to get a bigger transfer fee, but that's the way it goes. And I think in fairness to him, and I know Magoo touched on it as well, but my pet head is uh, about, uh, you know, players uh, not owning anything to the club and all this shite, like, but in fairness, he, he earned us 300,000 euros the other night. So thanks for everything, Ed. Um, Magoo, if you were to pick one, because it is hard to pick one, what's your favourite Ed McGinty moment. Apart from last Thursday, you can't say last Thursday. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pause. Um, I do, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe the save, the penalty save on his debut, wasn't it? Can he save a penalty on his debut up in, in, up in Oriel? Jesus, great memory, Magoo. Jack Heaney, did, didn't Jack Heaney score the winner then from a free kick? Free kick. Yeah. I think Ed made his debut that night and, and score and saved the penalty whatever, so... That's just off the top of my head. There's another one. In, there's another one in the showgrounds where um, I was behind the goals and he was he was roaring at um, can't remember who it was one of the centre backs. He was roaring at him to play it back to him, play it back to him, play it back to him, and he didn't. He just launched up the line and he a fucking simpleton. That's another one of my favourite. <laughs> roared at him, and called him a simpleton. That's another favourite memory of mine of heads. But uh, in all, hey, lifetime watching Rovers. I think he's he's the best keeper, Rovers keeper I've seen. Yeah. Without a shadow of doubt, and he's um the best one-on-one keeper I've ever seen come to the, come to the opposition or uh, our own keeper. I've never seen anyone as good. A... Yeah, he deserves everything he gets. To be honest with you, but like you know, we're on about leaders and stuff. Um, like a big character in dressing room and a, and a, another big leader on the pitch going like so. Um, we have a good replacement in, in, in Luke he'll, but he's a big boost to fill like Luke, Luke's a great keeper and I've no doubt Luke's going to be outstanding for us but Ed's the best keeper in the country at the minute so no matter who comes in they're not going to be walking in as the best keeper in the country so you know it's a big blow for us for the rest of the season and when you see the transfer fee you know like would you, does anybody think you can do, like I know it all probably boils down to Ed now is the time he wants to go and everything but like for sixty grand, which is I I nearly keep him for the six months and then go for free. Yeah, but is the world to be sell on clauses then? Maybe like if he's once, if, yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, the like, you know like, like whatever chance of getting the money if he's gone then, uh, when his contract expires, like yeah, yeah, you've no, you can't, you can't agree sell ons if you let him go for free, right? Plus, as well, I suppose if he goes now. He's more chance of breaking into the side rather than going in the middle of the season. Uh, sorry, don't like cut over you there. No, no, it's look, it's, 
uh, I suppose just like, like what you were saying there is like he owes nothing. I know it, as you said, you're probably a bit of a cliche or anything, but like I, I actually I remember <clears throat> probably at, at the earlier stage of his career. Uh, I think it was one of the first games against Pats he was playing, and uh, he was kind of out, out muscle. They seemed to kind of uh, they were attacking on corner kicks and set pieces. And to see to see him now at, for any cross, any set piece, he's and his commitment. Like he makes up his mind, he goes for it, and that's it. He, he doesn't he doesn't pull out of anything. As Magoo says, one on one, fantastic, absolutely the best keeper I've ever seen in the showgrounds without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, another big presence last, but genuinely, like I don't think there's one Rovers fan that could ever say anything other than positive things about Ed McGinty. He's been a great ambassador for the club. And wish him the very, very best luck in his career because, like, like the couple that have gone there of late, I'm sure he's he's big, bright things ahead of him as well. So good luck to him. Um, but he would be a big loss, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there as well, uh, Donald. Just about being decisive. Like one thing that can always be kind of labelled like goalkeepers is that sometimes their lack of decision making or you know things like that uh, can be questionable. Whereas with Ed, probably it's one of his strong points in that he is very decisive. Um, if he's coming for a ball, he's coming for it. You don't see him ever stopping or do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Um, and that's a huge, decision-making is a huge part of goalkeeping. I know, Jerry, just, just when, I th- when I think of it there, it, it, uh, it was actually a game the two of us were at. It was way to, it was to Shams last year and we, we lost, I think we were about 2-0, was it? Yeah. It was, we were absolutely chronic, but there was two players that, that, uh, that stood out for me in that game. Was John Madden and then McGinty. McGinty. If it wasn't for McGinty in that game, we should have been bet nine or ten nil without a yeah. shadow of doubt. He pulled off. I don't know how. I go, I don't think I could count the amount of work class saves he made in that game. And then John Madden as well. The other side of him, like I remember, it was probably two minutes into injury time, and John Madden was putting his head. And we were down two nil. The game was over. Was putting his head into places where people wouldn't put their feet. Like they were like that's the kind of player that you want. You know what I mean? Like you, you forgive a fella for not having that little bit of quality. Once he puts his heart in the line, but those two lads, they had the quality and they always put the heart in the line for, for, for us. And uh, as I say, Ed would be a big loss, but uh, anyway, there you go. That, that, that winning mentality, uh, uh, Donald. And commitment, commitment. Commitment, yeah. yeah. But just, just one thing to finish off on, on Ed, and um, I think one of the reasons that he hasn't gone sooner is because he's not the tallest keeper in the league. If you look at League One, League Two, Championship, they're absolutely gorillas in the goals. They're fucking huge. They're mountain men, right? And that seems to be the, the trend in, in English football at the moment where the, get the biggest goalkeeper you can. It doesn't matter how good, bad, or indifferent different he is, but they're absolutely man mountains in the goals. And I, the amount of terrible goals that are conceded in, in you know, when you watch back through uh, League One, League Two in the Championship, the amount of terrible goals that are conceded uh, week in, week out, because these fellas that aren't agile, they can't get down, they can't cast the ball, they look the part, but they're, they don't play the part. Whereas Ed might be the biggest goalkeeper in the world, but he does everything right. It's not about height and, and brawn for me, but that seems to be the involved there, and that's probably what held him back a little bit. But I tell you one thing, he's as agile, he's as commanding, like... You know, he reads he reads the game very well as well. Yeah, if, yeah. If he ever comes off his line, so intelligent. Yeah, yeah. If he ever comes off his line, he's going to win the ball. That's it. There's no, there's no way to lose. Yeah, yeah. He's still, he's still six for three. 
Like he's not he's not he's not exactly small. He's just I know what you're saying, Jerry. He just he looks at and all these fellas want six foot no, seven. No, no, he's not foot. small, but these fellas are six foot five, six foot six. Yeah, shite. Yeah, but it's, Jeez, that's, that's what they want. That's what they're looking for. Because I know Accrington were looking at him, and they they felt that he was too small. And then other clubs come in for him, they're panicking to get him. Then it's too late. Yeah, but this kind of ridiculousness, you know of. Get the biggest possible keeper you can. Doesn't matter about his ability. Whereas I'd have Ed all day long, and I know we're yeah. biased and all that. But th- at the end of the day, we don't need to be biased anymore. We're being honest. He's gone. Well, no, but you were being proven right. Like it's uh, with the amount of clubs that are after him. Like he, he's just shown he kept, he kept proving his worth every week. That eventually, no matter how tall or small or whatever he was, they couldn't ignore him anymore. Like he was, everybody wanted him in the end because he was just week in week out man of the match performances. Eight, nine out of ten every week. So, you know, you can't you can't ignore us. Like the, the goals are the same size over there as they are here. So, other piece of news story is that uh, there's plans for, you could say, social events for fans <laughs> attending the Motherwell game. Yeah. So, um, Grace's Grace's Bar over in uh, over in Glasgow City Centre, uh, Great Irish Bar. So they're hosting us for uh, Thursday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, they've been really, really accommodating and really looking after us, and um, and it's probably the top, probably the top bar in in Glasgow. So I know everybody heading over there are really, really looking forward to that. Uh, then on match day as well, we have we've hooked up with Bar One Hundred. Like literally, you can touch the stand from the the Bear Garden over at uh, Club One Hundred. So anybody that's been over there before uh, will know it well. Uh, Sammy is the, the man that runs the place over there. It's a huge, huge venue. Very, very friendly, very, very welcoming. Uh, we'll be well looked after. Um, and it's a great pay, place to meet Sligo Rovers fans and Motherwell fans. So we'll have an absolute ball. Um, despite what happens on the pitch, we'll go over and we'll enjoy ourselves and we'll be ambassadors for Sligo and Northwest, Sligo Rovers and all that. And we'll, like what we've done over in uh, Oswestry, I'm sure we'll drink the bar dry up the Rovers. And just a quick bit of news, Magoo, on the women's team. They were defeated 2-1 by Athlone on Saturday. But uh, I suppose the main highlight that people are looking at is the goal by Jamie McGuinness. Great goal. Great goal. Uh, great. Uh, Emma Doherty again with a great driving run from the centre of the park. Like, and laid out a lovely finish inside of us. But um, they were hanging on. To, 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 I thought they were going to hang on, to be honest with you. Um, Alone, Alone definitely didn't deserve to lose the game. Like obviously it was a draw for a long time, but um, I I thought we were going to hang on to the end, but Alone just snatched it towards the end. Probably deserved from Alone's point of view, I would say. Um, the guys never really played, didn't play as well as the I've seen them play, like uh, in matches gone by. But look, it's, as as we said before, and 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 this, it's all a learning curve for them this year. Like and um, to to. Every game now is is nearly most all games now are a contest with them, and you know there's nobody. They're not they're not being overrun in any games and that, and and so I think that like no matter the results, they can be really proud of themselves. Like we keep saying, like they're doing so well, and there's some like super players there, like Gemma who scored and and Emma up front, like they're very they're excellent excellent footballers. And Donal, how important is it? Like no matter what the result that. They're putting up to these established teams in the Women's National League as well. 
Oh, the the hundred percent running and like whatever they whatever they do this year is a bonus, really. I mean, it's the, it's their first year, and like I've been looking up to get into a couple of the games, and some of the performances have been fantastic. Some of the quality of the play has been absolutely top drawer, and some of the quality of the goals have been fantastic. Like, and it's great to see it's it's bringing people into the showgrounds that mightn't have come, uh, that mightn't have come otherwise. It's getting people interested in in the club and interested in going to the showgrounds, which is a fantastic benefit for the club and. Uh, it's something that I can see is, is going to continue to grow, and it's, it's it's a great it's a great thing it's a great thing for us to uh, to be able to enjoy absolutely. And one player we might see for the Sligo Rovers women's team, maybe this year or maybe even next season, is Alice Lilly. She has been selected for the Ireland Under Seventeen squad for an upcoming tournament in Belfast. I suppose Magoo, it's a it's great recognition for Alice and for the work done at the underage once again for the club to get. The international yeah. yeah, it's fabulous. Like every, every international squad that there is now, whether it be boys, girls, any age group, there's, there's nearly all representation from the club there at the minute. So it's just like it's, it's as you say, it's more recognition for the, the work being done there by Connor and all the coaches down there. And and no more than yourself, Rona, now with, with the girls on the race and stuff. Like, so you probably know more than us too about Alice, like, but, um, like from what I hear now, I have I have only seen her once or twice. But what I hear, like she was very top drawer now. I think, and it's like there's I think they're expecting big things for her down there to go on further in her career. So, um, good luck to her fair play to her. And again, like it's great to see. And Donald, like it's great for supporters, the supporters. But you mentioned there are people coming into the showgrounds for the first time that they can see that there are young girls in the area that there is a pathway. If you come into the Sligo Rover setup, that you might get the international re- recognition. There is a pathway there available. A hundred percent, Ron. A hundred percent. Like like any of these young girls, if if they are willing to, to put in the work and they have the talent, uh, Sligo Rovers can put them on the map and get them like their international caps and give them a platform to 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 maybe go on and to bigger and better stages. So yeah, absolutely, it's it's a great platform for any young footballer, male or female to get out there and, and uh, showcase their talents absolutely yeah it's great like because it was so like over the years before this like the last couple of years you have underage women's and then this year with the senior women's like but before that like girls in the town who wanted to play football and the, the county like who wanted to play football and even surrounding areas had to go further afield up to that lawn down the treaty up to Dublin like so you know it's not it's not just for the town it's for again the more than the men's team, it's it's the wider community and, and the the region that will benefit from it moving forward. And like so I think there's huge potential in in the women's game here because like we are now at the minute the only senior women's club this in the northwest of us. So there's there's massive potential for them all here. Yeah. I think um like like women's women's football is growing at such a rate now where like it's 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 exploding at the moment, you know the kind of way and it's great that we are, as you say, Magoo, the only team in the Northwest that has a a, 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 a senior ladies team. So look happy days and, and as I say the quality the quality on the pitch is is testament to the coaches and the, the all the all the lads involved because um, as I say I've the, the few times that I've been in there I've seen some cracking goals and some great games of football as well. So good luck to them, yeah. Right, lads, for the final part of this week's episode, we will look ahead to the first leg on Thursday against Motherwell. Donald, 
Sean mentioned earlier on there, he predicted a 1-1 draw. It's it's kind of hard to predict what sort of motorball team will show up, but certainly, as we mentioned earlier on, Sligo Rovers really need to probably, I suppose, get a positive result out of this game. Look, it's, it, it, uh, when you say it, I suppose, run, if the tie is still alive, come back to the showgrounds, uh, you'd nearly take that. They are going to be the, the favourites for the tie. But again, I think if we just kind of approach the game with the right mentality, the right attitude and the right vigour, I suppose, uh, and just hit them like we should be the fitter team, we should be the more organised team. Just go for it. Give a welly from the start, from the first whistle. And who knows, who knows where that could uh, where that could bring us. But certainly look at it, if we're if we if we were leaving Scotland with the with the with the one run draw, you see you take it. Even the one maybe goal behind and, and leave the, the leg for the showgrounds still alive. Yeah, you'd be happy enough with that. I would I would think anyway, yeah. And Magoo, what sort of starting lineup would you like to see? Would you keep Max Matter and Aiden Keane up front? Sorry, Aiden Keane, mm-hmm. I suppose he's dropped as we mentioned earlier on, he has dropped deep, but do the two um, start on Thursday evening? Oh God, it's hard to know, isn't it? Um, there's two ways of looking at it. Like you know, like the way Jerry would say, like go at them from the start and and you know play our own game. But like, I honestly think that we could we might see one up front. You might see Keane up front on his own, and um, just keep keep it tight. And like the worst the worst thing that could be happened was to you know get a tr- get a three or four. And nothing to play for in the second leg like that. We we don't want that anyway. That that'll be the worst case scenario. Um, but you know what though? I'm not like I'm not a disbelief that we're that this is a foregone conclusion. Like I I like I'm I I give us a chance. Like I honestly do give us a chance. Like not only because they're in preseason. Like but you know we're not going to be playing Liverpool or Man City or something. The way people some people are talking. Oh, we're done. That's it. We're hammered. Like like you heard Sean talking earlier about raving about Ross Terry being one of their best players and stuff like. No disrespect. When Ross Terry was with Bose, I thought he was excellent. But it's only Bose he came from. Like, you know, he's come from the same level as we're playing at and they think he's excellent. So, you know, our lads, the good thing about this for me is that we're the underdogs and as as Don just mentioned, the right mentality and the right belief. When you're an underdog, you know what you have to do. You have to work your balls off. You have to give nothing away cheaply. You know what you're going to have to grind 100% leave everything out in the pitch to get anything from it. But you know, when you like when you're going to play ballad, you're going to play UCD, you have to be the ones to make the running. We're expected to beat these, play all the football, score the nice goals, etc. We don't have to do that. They can have all the ball if they want. We'll sit in, we'll have our game plan and hit them on the break. And I think it just might suit us. Um, and I like, I I bite your hand off of what Sean said earlier for a 1-1. But um, in terms of the team, I think that, I, I think we might see a one up front, maybe one in behind um, I th- again, I suppose injuries will dictate that too. Obviously, if Bulger was faced, which he won't be, um, I would say it'd be nearly 100% you'd see the one up top with someone like Colleen and Bretagne or something like that. Um, but injuries could dictate it. I think hopefully Buckley will be back. So I think Buckley might start with Blaney. I think Nando, he's a bit out of sorts at the minute, maybe. I think, you know, he just... I think the, the self-assured player we saw a couple of months ago when he joined just seems to be he's, he doesn't seem as confident anymore. I think I think in fairness to Nando, playing the right side of the centre back partnership is hampering him. 
when it's been left footed like you can see even the the sending off over in Bala that was the cause of him trying to cut back in on his on his left foot and he got caught and I think it happened uh, one the other night, it happened one the other night too where he got closed down back onto his left foot trying to clear the ball so it's, it is kind of I think that is hampering him a wee bit and I'd say you'll probably see Buckley in and Blaney centre half um, and then I think the rest of it more little picks itself apart from up top really doesn't it I, and I think Frank I'd like to see Frank I think Frank is starting to show glimpses of what he has too in the last the first half against Bale I thought the last 10 minutes he was really coming into it then he had to go off injured and I think UCD for the first half I think he was decent enough as well like so I think I think Frank will start as well yeah and in a way Donald could the two defeats against Bale well not the two defeats but sorry Defeat over 120 minutes and the defeat over 90 minutes over UCD. Could that be, could that work very well in favour of Sligo Rovers? The fact that, you know, it could be the the rocket up the backside that might, the players might need. Well, I, I don't know, Ron, about that. I, look, I, I don't think two defeats is never a good preparation going into any game, but I do think that uh, we, we were never a team that wears the favourites tag very, very well. Uh, <clears throat> and maybe. I don't know, maybe we're just missing certainly that uh, that likes of Bulger in midfield there that would kind of just been there, done that, got the t-shirt um, and, uh, with that bit of, I suppose that bit of news to kind of get us through, get us through a game like that uh, he would be a big loss but um, sorry, my thoughts has gone on me, gone on me head there to me, me train thought but uh, um, no, the, but I think uh, uh, it's like Jones. It's never, uh, never a good time to to lose a game. Like, but now that the games are gone, like it probably it probably is a good time to have our two worst performances when Motherwell was watching us. So maybe the- take us take us for granted a wee bit, and especially with them in preseason as well. Can't play as bad as we did against Bal anyway. Performance wise, like that. That's not guaranteeing the result, but I mean, just individually and, and collectively as a team, we, we, we can't play as bad. I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, we, we can't be that bad. And, like you say, maybe it was a good time, actually. I suppose when you, when you put it like that, that they're going to underestimate us and we are kind of maybe coming in under the radar a wee bit. And they're, I'm sure, thinking like that we thought we've our job done now, we've won or we've got through the one leg, that's all we kind of may, might have been expected to do, but uh. Look at it again. It comes down it's the players' mentality. Walk out the pitch and just like, just have that fire, have that fire in the, in the belly, and just say, look at we're we're a big dock here, according to everybody else. Just go out there and show what we're made of. Show show them like fucking we're we're, we're this is no foregone conclusion. And give 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 us something to 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 cheer on uh, for the second leg, and hopefully that that's what they do because. Um, um, Look, it's, it's it's no foregone conclusion. So, like, like it's not. So, there hasn't been a ball kicked yet. So, there's there's still plenty to play for. There's still plenty to fight for. Definitely. Yeah, I have have belief. Is right. Have belief. Like we're not. You know, when you're when you're in this round of the the competition, especially now this Europa Conference League, where it's the the lower teams again from leagues, like you're pitched in against. You're nearly all in around, especially the early rounds, in around similar opposition. Like you're not going to play anybody that's going to be. Four or five rounds above you, like it's similar. Like you have to have belief that we can have, we can have a vote. This, like, 
And and like like we were lucky. Look at it against against the, the the Icelandic crowd last year. Look at Bulger getting sent off. Obviously changed the tie. But like what, who's say like that we're not going to get a, a lucky break or some decision not going to get like we we've been unlucky the last couple of games. We're due a bit of a, a bounce the ball or whatever. So like well, and we have the quality if if we do get the breaks like we do have the quality to 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 make a match of it definitely easily. You know that kind of way. So yeah, just believing ourselves, believing what we can bring to the table, and yeah. uh, over. That's it, yeah. Well, well, I hope we haven't used up all our luck against Bala, like, because we definitely need to rub it green, that's it. But, yeah. As you say, we definitely have an ace in the pack, like, it likes Aquina, and, you know, like, who knows what Frank, Frank has only think, been, we've only seen, like, half of what Frank can do so far, anyway, I'd say, like, so, we definitely have, we definitely have players that can hurt them. So 100%. We, we need, yeah, we need to begin with the belief, and keep it tight, do the, do the simple things, not give away silly goals, like, like the last two games, fucking crosses into the box, and even, even apart from the goals, we can see there's other chances. Simple crosses into the box, nobody closing down, yeah. uh, crossing the side. Stuff like that has to be. That's that's basic, simple stuff that has to be a hundred percent on point all night, yeah. and 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 do things like that, and we definitely have a chance. A hundred percent. And the first thing in the game was seventy minutes to go, and they you have the likes of uh, uh, Heaney and Barrow running at these boys, and they're you know what I mean. They haven't even had a proper full ninety minutes competitive football in their legs yet. Like they're not going to look forward to that one bit. Like another kind of way. Well, so you know, as you said, defend right, get your body on the line, do the simple things, block the crosses, and 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 clear balls from the box, and then like you know what I mean. Still be in the game with with twenty minutes to go and and see like you know see 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 what the late land is then but definitely yeah hundred yeah, percent yeah, not over yet anyway definitely not oh definitely definitely what what does Jerry think nobody has Jerry's opinion no Jerry's Jerry, uh, Jerry had to go off there he's he's gone watching Love Island there it's, it's just definitely ah oh, right it's very important yeah. I think there's a double eviction on tonight or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know. <laughs> well, well, lads, thanks very much for joining me this week. Thank you very much, Donald. Cheers, Roland. Thanks for having me on. Here, baby guys. And thank you, Magoo. Cheers, Roland. Cheers, Donald. Thanks, Magoo. Fair play, yeah. well, well done on your debut. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, you'll, you'll deserve, you deserve a few drinks tonight now after that, son. No, I could do one. <laughs> <laughs> go and join, go and join Jerry with the wine on the couch for a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I don't uh, exactly. Yeah, that's his drink. Pinot Grigio down this couch there now. Yeah. <laughs> More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. Grigio. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. One more. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Brilliant! Brilliant! Here comes Quigley.